This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome to the Holland Assets Podcast, a MotorCarrierHQ.com production. I am Craig, your host, and over there he is Chris. Hello, Chris. Hey, how's it going? It's, you know, not bad for me. Not bad. Uh, How are you I'm doing well. All right. And who's sitting next to you? I brought a friend. And who's your friend? Um, This is Nate. Hello, Nate. How are you? Good. How's it going? Good. It's good to have you here. Thank you. So, Uh, Nate actually is a friend. And wait, a wait, business whoa, 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 yeah. Hang well, on. Okay. You have friends? Uh, well, not many. Oh, okay. Well, I claim him as a friend. He may not claim me. <laughs> Depends have, on the day. Yeah, there's a lot of people I claim as friends that probably don't claim me. That's right. That, that's uh, sounds like my junior high anthem. Okay. Well, we're going to learn more about Nate in just a moment. Before we do, though, Chris, I just want to remind everybody to go to hollandassetsllc.com where they can check out full show notes. They can get documentation from this and other episodes, especially our financials episodes, which this is not one of. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about how to manage your cash flow. Okay, so all the notes that we're going to be providing, they're going to be there at hollandassetsllc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, leave a note in either place. You can also uh, leave a note on iTunes or where, whatever it's called now, Apple Podcasts, wherever yeah. you listen to your podcast, please leave, leave us a, notes everywhere. Yeah, leave us a five-star glowing review. It would be much appreciated. And once you've gone and left your review, of course, come back and listen to this episode all about cash flow. Um, Chris, before we get to the actual topic at hand, of course, I got to ask you, what is, uh, what's new with you this week? How have things been going? Things have been going well, and and as we were kind of getting ready for this podcast, you know, as you know, and as hopefully most of our our audience knows, we we've got a business partner in Holland Assets. We brought Nate on um, in January of this year to kind of help doing run the operations, and yeah, really, he's he's the the one that does a, a a good chunk of the workload with Holland Assets these days and so we were talking about you know this podcast we decided we we're going to do one together bring nate on and we we're talking about well, what should we do as our intro and and we started talking about what what's kind of been going on crazy in the last little while and it really it really boils down to we've had a lot especially this last month more so than normal we've had um tonus i do you know I, what that is i haven't the foggiest notion well, it's based, as far as I'm concerned, it's gas, Chris. So you're going to have to let me in on the secret. It, so it's an acronym. Um, it stands for truck ordered, not used truck. So ordered. this is one of the most not frustrating used. things that happens in the trucking industry is when you sign a rate confirmation, you have this contract essentially to go haul this load and you show up at the shipper and then the shipper says, you know, we don't need you for one reason or another. And, and they just cancel. They just cancel. And okay, so let me ask you this: before you go any further with the story, is there is there any contractual thing you can do about this? And you can say, no, you you hired us, you're using us, so or you, you're paying us one way or the other. They'll usually pay you a um, consolation prize, I guess you could say. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's usually not much, a couple hundred bucks. But a lot of times, you've deadheaded, you know, a decent distance. Mm-hmm. You've you've spent time. You've spent money getting to where you're going and that consolation prize that couple hundred bucks or whatever it is that they throw your way never compensates right for, 
what just this happened. is this is essentially han solo flipping the change to the bar bartender saying sorry about the mess yeah exactly. okay all right okay now you're speaking my language i feel like i understand where we are okay so so, so you have a a a, a tonu if you yeah. will uh, so imagine being a driver and you you deadhead 150 miles to a location okay. you sit there and wait and then you don't even get your load essentially they tell you to go away it's just like the most demoralizing thing in the industry. And so the driver's ticked off. We as the company, the owners and the carrier, it's frustrating for us financially as well. And then at the end of the, it all, what's next? So the other day we had, a couple weeks ago, we had three in August, which is increased. Usually there's usually like one, mm. one a month. But as we've got more trucks, more loads, statistically it's just going to go up, unfortunately. Right. So we have three in August. And one of them, for example, happens on a Friday at noon. And a lot of shippers and receivers aren't open or as available on Saturday and Sunday. So we get this at noon. The driver had just deadheaded 150 miles and is, gets word, hey, this load doesn't exist anymore. Oh, man. Yeah, that's got to be frustrating. Just like, oh, and by the way, it's Greg, our new driver. So we're like... <laughs> So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm talking to Greg. I'm like, this happens. He's He's got 20 years plus of experience. He's like, I know it, I know it, but you still feel bad. Mm. So anyways, so I hop on the phone with Jake. Jake makes like, not joking, probably 15 to 20 calls for probably an hour and a half trying to get him a load out. Jake being the, the yeah, dispatcher. dispatcher. Yep, okay. For the weekend so that Greg has something to do. The Essentially, the broker says, there's nothing we can do till Monday. Right. Okay, we're not going to sit for like two to three days. So luckily, after an hour and a half, Jake gets a load. Greg's being super patient just sitting there. Most drivers, you could totally expect them to be frustrated. And then then he deadheads again. Like, I don't think it was quite 150, but something close to that. Gets a load. Finally, Saturday by like eight or nine at night, he has a load. He now has been going all day long. Yeah, and he's finally got the load. Finally got yeah. the load. And then he... Then now he's underway to his destination. Yeah. So super frustrating. That's where that consolation prize, 150 bucks, really like... It's almost it, salt in the wound at, at some point. And sometimes <laughs> they're more than that, but but it's pretty meager compared to an entire day yeah. or a significant portion of the day wasted. And it's just one of those, no one in the industry likes it. And you never know what you're, if you're hearing, what you're hearing yeah. is truthful or like everyone always wonders, is who's, who's screwing me? Who's doing this so let me ask you a question from greg's perspective then okay this is craig putting himself in greg's <laughs> shoes i promise uh, oh, you know this, this is not the first time i get i uh, get gregged all the time and i'm sure he gets craigged all the time uh okay so from his perspective he gets paid by the mile does that count the deadhead miles that he drove or is he out as an employee is he out that uh, nearly 300 miles deadhead before he ever even gets on his way with a load S- so we pay deadhead. It's not everyone's business model to pay deadhead, mm. but we do. And then when it's a really bad circumstance like that, completely out of a driver's control, we usually also compensate them a reasonable amount. So mm. he maybe got 300 miles for that day where he should have got six or 700 based on the hours he worked. Right. So then we'll kick in a, a few extra $100. But luckily, luckily from our perspective, we also probably got that to some degree from the truck order not used 
paying out. Mm, okay. So that's usually how it works. But other companies have different ways. There's there's a lot of different pay methods. Yeah. Just to like put it into perspective or, or wrap a little bow around it, you think about it. In this situation, you, you've deadheaded 150 miles on Friday. You get there at noon. You should be loaded with a load and on your way by 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon and, and then drive another three or 400 miles. Well, in this situation, you essentially more than 24 hours later with very few miles driven are you just you're nowhere where you should be you know so the truck's not making money the driver's not making money it's it's just it's a bad situation so that's that's where we try to compensate the driver as much as we can from that um, truck not used fee that we collect from the shipper but it's still i mean you've gone from what should have been you know a thousand plus dollars in revenue over that 24-hour period to almost nothing yeah, that's got to be super frustrating. I mean, it's frustrating to me just listening to it, honestly. You know, I, I don't even have to handle these things. But, uh, you know, I really just wanted to make sure I thanked both of you for starting the podcast off on such a positive <laughs> note, uh, helping me learn about uh, truck order not use. See how I see how I get the lingo, Chris? Yeah, you're, you're down. You got it down. That's but uh, so is there anything else to that or uh, should we move on to our main topic? We, we were talking a little bit about how it seems like maybe that's increased a little bit. And I was thinking, you know, it's probably one of those side effects of a really good rate market because, you know, carriers are, are doing really well, getting really good rates right now. And so brokers are trying to do every little thing to kind of swing the pendulum a little bit more in their favor. And so it, it's probably because um, they're, you know, they can find a cheaper truck sometimes and they're just going to drop it on you and, and place it with a, a, a less expensive truck, somebody who's willing to haul the load a, a little bit for a little bit less money. Boy, that seems like a place that's uh, ripe for a little bit of um, yeah, industry reform. It's a shady business practice, but there are brokers that do that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Shady business practices aside, maybe we should talk about cash flow, Chris. That's what we're here for. Okay. All right. So the title of the episode is Managing Your Cash Flow or How to Manage Your Cash Flow. Uh, But I think the best place to start, uh, especially for an idiot like me, is, uh, hey, Chris, what's cash flow? Can you tell me what cash flow is? (laughs) Well, before we even get into cash flow, let's talk a little (laughs) bit. Let's let's bring the elephant out, out in the room and talk about why we're even talking about this subject. Oh, okay. It's kind so of something, an embarrassing story. Something brought this up. Yeah. Why don't you tell it since it's embarrassing? Oh, yes. Right? I knew he'd put this one <laughs> on my shoulders. <laughs> so legitimately, like we bounced a check. Well, okay. So Holland Assets bounced a check. Bounced yes. A check. All right. Well, luckily it wasn't addressed to me. It's, but uh, okay. It's been a long time <laughs> since I've bounced a check. It yeah. was kind of embarrassing. So, so a little background is, is our our bank account would fluctuate 10 to 20, 30,000 at times pretty quickly within a week or 10 days, it would go fluctuate like that. And we both watch it quite a bit, but we had a bill come in for something like $4,000 and we didn't have enough to cover it for a day or two period. Hmm. And that's what kind of brought this up. I approached Chris the other day. I was like, Hey, this one, this would be a good subject because we have struggled with this as we've gone from one to two to three to four trucks over the last six to eight months this has been a real struggle for us which has actually been a bit shocking i i I would have thought that we would have been we're both very conservative we really don't take much out and i thought we would have been totally fine but it hasn't been and there's a few reasons why 
Yeah. So what brought all this on? I mean, Chris, you're you're the evangelist here for savings. You are the Dave Ramsey of this podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, so so what gives? We're, we're going to talk a little bit about. So maybe let's take our step back now to like what you're saying. Let's talk <laughs> okay. about what is cash flow, and then we're going to get into you know kind of what caused our situation and some other some other situations that you need to look out for when. Yeah cash flow can be an issue. Okay. All right. Go for it. So what is cash flow, Chris? So, so cash flow is it's it's really simply put is the amount of money coming in versus the amount of money going out of the company. And and a lot of people will think of cash flow and and essentially net income or profit as the same thing and and they're not really. They're different because there are some things that can increase your cash flow that don't have an effect on your profit and loss or your net income and, and vice versa. There's things that can decrease your cash flow um, again that won't have an impact on your profit and loss. So they're they're two completely different things. Okay. So if you don't mind, I'll take a stab at it. Uh, it sounds like um, like a loan, for instance, is a little bit tricky because that's not your money i mean you're gonna have to pay it back but it is money coming into the business right so that's not your that's not net income but it's still cash coming in and then on the flip side paying back that loan uh it's an obligation you already had uh but it's not gosh i don't know quite if i'm explaining this right you're not losing money you're just paying it back you're right you're right there with it so let's let's use an example so you know if, if you've got a um, 50,000, say you have a line of credit and you tap into that line of credit, you bring $50,000 into the business. So that's, that's a positive cash flow of $50,000. So you could have had a month like we did last month where we lost 4,000 bucks, but essentially your bank account goes up and you've got more cash in. And so, you know, if you were looking and using your bank account as your measuring stick, as your gauge, be like, Oh, everything's good. Even though we're losing money. And right. if you do that again and again and again, even though at one point you had a lot of money coming in, positive cash flow from the bank loan, um, you, reality, your company is not necessarily healthy. Right. Uh, you know, I'm actually being reminded if, uh, if anybody else is familiar with um, the entertainment industry, Netflix, uh, they have a lot of money coming in, but they borrow like crazy to make billions of dollars annually worth of content that's this is what i'm thinking of is where they you know they'll spend 19 billion on content in 2021 or whatever uh but they'll maybe bring in 10 billion or 15 billion in revenue and you know some of us are left scratching our heads what is how can a business survive but they're at least in the short term they're looking at cash flow versus just their net income to to see what their the health is and that's very common early on in in a in a company's life cycle to have that kind of thing happen where you're funding, you know, your operations through loans or through other means. And, and so that, that kind of keeps you cash flow positive, even though you're losing money. And so you, you just have to really be able to understand and distinguish the difference between the two and realize there's a difference between cash flow and um, net income. And, and they don't necessarily work in tandem. You know, you can have a, a positive cash flow and a negative net income that's not sustainable forever obviously um, and then vice versa you can have a, a positive income and a negative cash flow and so the point is is that you've got to be cognizant of that cash flow and how much money you've got how much cash you've got coming in versus how much cash you've got going out 
and not just your profit and loss. Right. And I mean, like you said earlier, it's tempting to look at your bank account and say, hey, I, I put 50 grand in the bank this month. But in reality, you lost four grand, but you got a loan or, you know, tapped into a line of credit or whatever. So it's uh, that bottom line can be deceiving when you're looking at these two concepts yeah, it, right it, it's a it's a tricky concept cash flow and, and you've just you've got to be careful of it and because yeah it can it can it can get you into trouble and you should never ever ever use your bank account as kind of your gauge with how well your business is doing because of that that um cash flow issue you know it's it's cash flow is not net income right okay so um what else do we need to know is there any other setup with the concept of cash flow or uh, can we start getting into what your situation was and what caused all this yeah let's get into the different situations or kind of the business life cycle we'll kind of do this in order for the most part um, of of a business life cycle of when you really need to kind of be conscious that cash flow oftentimes becomes an issue yeah okay so uh so where do we start yeah i guess we start with when you started the when, business yeah, when the business <laughs> okay. starts i mean we were talking about that with the netflix thing i mean a lot of the big companies you know big startups uh, you know especially tech startups you know netflix tesla had this same thing you know they'll go years and sometimes like tesla went almost a decade negative ca- negative income um and they, they weren't making money for like 10 years and, and netflix i can't remember how long it was but the same thing um, there's a lot of companies that go a really long time without making a profit because they know that that they're eventually going to be able to turn a profit and make all that money back. But they 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 have to manage their cash flow to compensate for the money that they're losing. Mm-hmm. And you know that's whether that's getting loans or getting equity investors or any number of things. But you've got to be careful. So that startup phase is is the first time when you really have to be careful that cash flow can often be negative and you've got to you got to be careful of that so how does this relate to a trucking company then because obviously we always got to bring it back to that when uh, whether it's you starting hauling assets or somebody else uh, thinking about getting going out on their own starting their own company um, what do we need to know about this concept in a trucking company when you're first starting out uh, so nate you you remember i mean we've talked a little bit about this what our roughly our, our net income or not net income but our net expense per truck what the total expense per truck is i think we're hovering i, I think we the safe side say 20 grand but really it's probably more like 18 if a, if nothing goes wrong no mm-hmm. large expenses so through the, from the history of of holland assets it's been anywhere between about 15 and 20 grand a month is is what our actual operating expense for a truck so that's the so fuel that's per the month driver, per, truck. per month per wow. truck okay and so if you think about it when you and and also you've heard of these terms craig right net 30 uh heard of the payment terms net 30 if i've heard of it i've forgotten, forgotten. it i chris did i ever tell you the one class i ever failed in college uh-uh. accounting <laughs> all right <laughs> that's so that's not a good class to fail craig. go on go on chris <laughs> all right so payment terms <laughs> net 30 is pretty typical and not just trucking but in a lot of industries and what that means is is that you complete the job for me today you submitted an invoice requesting payment today i'm not going to pay you for 30 days that's kind of normal operating procedure for most businesses right and so if you think about it you know if if you start your trucking company today and you go haul your first load you get it all delivered and you're going to bill two thousand bucks you bill that to the to the shipper or the broker, whoever you're hauling the load for, 
well, they're not going to pay you for 30 days. So you essentially have to pay those, the driver pay, the fuel expense, the insurance, you know, everything that goes with operating a truck, you have to pay that for a whole month before you start seeing actual income hitting your bank account, that positive cash flow right. coming in. And, and so that's one of the big reasons in that startup phase for a trucking company, why cash flow becomes so tight. So, yeah, I mean, and you've talked about that before, where when you're first starting out, um, it's not necessarily, uh, hey, I have enough money to go buy a truck and get it registered. That doesn't mean you have enough money to start your business, right? Yeah. Uh, am I remembering right? So yeah. you need a little extra padding to make it through that that first 30 days at least, right? Yeah, right. Maybe the first 60 days. There's a couple ways that companies can, how you can kind of mitigate that, uh, that cash flow shortage. Um, one of the biggest is factoring. You know, that's why a lot of trucking companies when they first start out use factoring because, you know, with factoring, you can complete the load today. You can essentially sell the invoice to the factoring company and they'll pay you the vast majority of that amount owed the same day or the next day. Right. And just and take, take a little cut and it, then and they take a little cut. They later. collect, they, they do all the collections, the billing, um, all that. And, and it makes one, um, makes it so the trucking company has to worry less about the paperwork the collection side, it kind of helps mitigate the risks that they're hauling for brokers and shippers that are actually going to pay their bills. And then they get their cash right away. And then they can use that cash to you know help fund the operating expense kind of going forward. Right. Yeah. I can imagine that would help quite a lot. And uh, so Chris, you're pretty familiar with factoring, right? You've mentioned that you have a factoring company. And so you're helping guys do this all the time. Yeah. So I, I thrive funding the factoring company that I'm a, a, an owner in. Yeah. That's what we do all day long. Okay. All right. So uh, yeah. Is there anything else we need to know about uh, that startup phase or factoring or anything else before we move on to the next phase? So the, the next thing you can do, if you, if, you know, if you've got enough money, if you've just got, you know, an extra really 20 to $30,000 laying around to fund that first you know, 30 to 45 days of operating expense, then you can do it without, without factoring. But most people, like, like you mentioned, by the time they've paid their truck down payment, they've paid for the registration, they've paid for insurance down payment, all those things that, that happen with the startup, are, are, most people are pretty much out of cash at that point. Right. And so factoring makes a lot of sense. Okay. And so then once you're established, uh, you, you've, you've got your cash flow going, right? So we're past the first 30, 45 days. And I mean, people who have listened to the show for a long time will recognize the phase that you were in, Chris, for a while, where it's like, hey, you know, I'm hitting the road, I'm making money, I'm spending money, I, I'm building the business. And that goes for a while. And for somebody who is just on, uh, they're on track to be a single truck owner operator for a long time, they can kind of just sit in that phase for a long time, I would imagine. But if somebody wanted to grow the business as you've done, you know, hire drivers, purchase trucks, whatever, then we move on to a different phase of building a business, right? That the growth phase, you're not yep. the startup phase, but the growth phase, right? And that's really where we got ourselves into trouble is, <laughs> okay. is in that growth phase. And that's why we ended up running, um, you know, running into where we've ended up running into issues. You know, it, it's kind of interesting, you know, over the last week or so native native, I have been doing what, you know, in the medical industry, you'd call a postpartum or um, 
in in the in the military world you call your after action review you know what happened why did this you know why did we how did we get to this point debrief chris the let's debrief. go with debrief yeah there you go there's yeah. lots of different things you can normal call. people use that <laughs> <laughs> well look at, me. Look at me mom i'm normal anybody who has listened to this podcast knows that i'm not normal <laughs> all right so you know basically i mean we kind of so we had the the one truck for a good solid year and a half almost two years maybe not quite two years and then um when did we bring the second truck on so the second Vinny start the second truck ran in like february to march for six weeks of 2021 yeah 2021 okay and then we ran into a little crunch in in may middle of may we hired two drivers all at once so we went from one to three i mean that's probably been our most extreme where the second truck had sat for a little while we had got truck number three it had not ran yet so all of a sudden we that was probably our first real crunch when we went from essentially one truck's bills or invoices funding three trucks so that was our first time and then this last time where we got a little uh, bounce that check we went from three to four and so we had four trucks of expenses and, and you think this, about this it. This sounds so much like you guys are talking about babies. <laughs> the way that people are like, yeah, three was a lot. But then somebody gave me that fourth one and I just started drowning. Right? They, they are kind of, our trucks are kind of like little babies. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry, Chris. What were you going to so say? So the, the, the thing is, is like during this whole time too, to compound the problem, like we're having to put down payments on trucks. We're putting out all the startup costs with the new trucks. And then all of a sudden you've got, you're adding all these operating expenses for a truck and you know we we quickly go from you know one to four trucks essentially over about a four or five month period right and it's it it just created a cash flow issue because we never really got a a a chance to kind of breathe so we you know one truck you have the second one you let it run for you know it's got to run for essentially 30 days before you start seeing that extra money from Mm -hmm. that second truck come in and we really because because driver number two, Vinny, quit right at the same time that we were adding the third truck on. And, and those trucks, that, that truck went, it sat for a month and a half by the time we got two, two drivers hired and that second and third truck really running. So it was almost like we had to start all over again, right? Because now, you know, we, we've, we've kind of run that cash out and, and you add that second and third truck and it just it compounded the problem and we didn't really get much of a breather between the time that we added the third and the fourth truck and we were just cash crunch cash crunch cash crunch you know walk watching the checking account every day to try to make prevent from a check getting bounced and we we weren't even able to prevent that from happening and it it just so it was something where you saw it coming and couldn't stop it yeah basically so is there any way to stop it for somebody who sees it coming is there anything you can do about it yeah be smarter than we were yeah (laughs) that's probably the the biggest thing done yeah all right it's probably that you see this happen out of the trucking industry too this isn't exclusive to trucking but when you try to grow too fast it's really easy to have this kind of thing happen and and we in reality we didn't intend to grow too fast we wanted to have we should have had that second truck going in december i mean we had the truck physically and if if Vinny wouldn't have quit and moved on, um, it probably wouldn't have been quite as bad of a problem. But the the moral of the story is, is it's probably better to spread those trucks out a little bit more than we did. Mm. And and part of the problem is the fact that we're also adding one truck 
when we only have one truck. So you're essentially doubling your fleet going from one to two. And so that's a that's a big impact. It, right. it makes it harder. If you if you've got twenty trucks and you're adding one more truck to it, that's a five percent growth. It's five percent growth. It's not a big deal. But when you've got one truck and you're adding a second one, that's that's a pretty big impact. You don't really have a, a deep set of trucks making money to kind of help bootstrap right. that that truck that you're adding on. And, and same thing, even even for the first five, I would say maybe once you've got five running strong, you, you can probably add a truck without too much of an issue. But I think with that one through five trucks, you probably need to space them out a good two or three months. What, what do you think, Nate? I would say at least, you know, you, you asked the question, what did we do? Luckily, neither of us are crying, shedding tears or filling it at home. Luckily that we have some savings in other places that we're able to compensate for it if, or factor. I mean, that's, that's what I bet 90% of the industry does during their growth phase and startup phase. Um, in addition to one thing that we haven't mentioned, but in addition to like those, these hurdles we talked about when Larry and John came on truck two and three, kind of all at once. So we went from one to three almost overnight and then three to four when Greg came on. In addition to that, all the payments don't get paid on the 30th. I mean, there is a, a reasonable percentage that carries over to 40, 45 days. And it, if it was a guaranteed payment on the 30th, net 30, that'd be one thing. But you have to account for late payments. They're going to happen. It, it's there. I mean, we constantly always have probably three to five payments that are late. And that's something to account for because if you don't account for it, it's going to be reality. So you might as well plan on it. Mm. Yeah. I, in the factoring world, we call this average days to pay. And you think about, I mean, my, my factoring company, this is what we do all day long. We're really, really good at it. And our average days to pay usually averages around 35 days. Uh, most trucking companies, that's included. That's not our focus day in and day out. And so most trucking companies, the average days to pay are probably more like 35 to 40. Right. Okay. So, so if I understand the situation and I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the, in the owner operator's shoes, what you're saying is it's pretty tough to get those payments in, in a timely manner. Uh, and a factoring company exists to do that. That is the purpose is to gather these payments, to get the invoices paid. Right. Um, so an owner operator, uh, the benefit of factoring is uh, not only the cash flow, so you get that money quickly, you know, a, a high, high percentage of what you were going to get anyway. You get it quickly, so you, you have positive cash flow. Um, and in addition to that, you aren't spending a bunch of time hounding the invoicees yeah. <laughs> trying to get that money. So it's freeing up some of your time in exchange for a small portion of that invoice. Um, and getting your cash flow going sooner rather than later. Am, am I right. on the right yeah. track here? And you are, and that's exactly one of the benefits of a factoring. And and in reality, a factoring company, a, a trucking company that's using factoring is not going to have the same cash crunch issues typically that when you're growing that, that a, a, a company that's not factoring would. Because if you think about it, you add truck one today, it completes its first load in three days. You submit that invoice to the factoring company they buy it right then and you've got your your money within you know three or four days of that mm -hmm. truck hitting the road and so you don't typically have those same kind of issues now you know i i'm i'm obviously kind of biased because i own a factoring company i, I see the benefits to it but i, I also you know want to be completely transparent here that 
you know, factoring has its place in the industry and there's times that, that it, it, it's beneficial for a company, but there's also times when you may find that it's, it's not the right thing for your company to do. And so that's, you know, a decision for every company to decide on their own. Um, you know, just kind of keep in mind what the pros and cons of factoring are and, and when it's good to use it and when maybe you don't need it and, and, and do what's best for your company. So uh, I know we're not, this isn't a factoring episode per se, but uh, because we're on the subject, I'm curious, what are some of the cons of factoring and when and why would a company either not do it at all or stop doing it after they've started? Well, the, the biggest reason, I mean, it's, it's, it's like any other service that's provided in, in anything else that you do. There's a cost for that service. And so, you know, there's a cost for somebody else doing your billing and your invoicing and your collecting and all those kind of things. And then there's a cost for, for fronting that money, that, that loan piece of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, the biggest con of factoring is just that it, it costs money. And, and you decide, well, at some point you may grow to a point where um, you're, you're, you're at a steady trajectory. You're not really growing anymore. You're, you, you don't need that help with growth. And, and you may decide, hey, you know what? The cost isn't worth it for me anymore. I'm going to just you know, manage my own billing, collecting, invoicing, and I'm going to wait the, the 30 to 45 days that it typically takes to get paid. Right. Okay. All right. So, uh, by the way, Nate, anything to add to that? Pros and cons of factoring? I was going to say one other pro to factoring is is usually they have a, a tolerance for um, different brokerages. So they'll help. They'll help keep the ones that they don't think they can collect on for whatever reason. They'll help keep them out of the mix. Mm, and if, okay. you, if you're trying to do it all on your own, um, it would be a lot easier for one of those to slip through and maybe maybe one would default on you, wouldn't get a payment at all. Where factoring companies, they're large, they do it all day, every day. They're going to be better at it and they're going to say, hey, that, that doesn't meet our parameters. That that broker, let's, let's go with this other load, even though it's a slightly lower pain load or whatever mm-hmm, it may be. Mm-hmm. So they're going to help they're going to help damage control there somewhat. Okay. It, it's one of those ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Factoring companies have um, credit mechanisms or credit tools that they can go back and look at that broker and say, okay, hey, this broker typically pays in time. They've got good financials. The likelihood of them um, paying the invoice, you know, whether it's 30 or 40 days down the road is high. Um, whereas they, they can also say, Hey, this is a new broker. They have no payment history. We have no idea if they're going to pay the load. They, they, they could be fraudulent. You know, the, the, the factoring companies just have a, a, some mechanisms to protect you as the carrier and themselves as the factoring company from taking a load from a, a bad broker. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so if I'm, uh, I'm utilizing factoring, I want to get away from it for some reason, uh, you know, want to save the money, like you said, Chris, I don't, don't want to have this extra expense anymore. How do you do that? Uh, because now we're talking about cash flow being uh, the money that you're bringing into the business, making sure that, uh, it, you know, it's the lifeblood thing. The, the money must flow. It's like spice in yeah. Dune, right? The, the spice must flow. It, um, so, yeah, what's the best way to go about weaning yourself off that? Should I do you go cold turkey? Do, is there a way to not go cold turkey? Um, well, if to go cold turkey, you have to have a good chunk of savings. I mean, you essentially have to have that fifteen to twenty thousand dollars per truck in savings to go to be able to go cold turkey. Right. Um, and and so most people, that's just not going to be realistic. So you can just you can wean yourself off over time. And this is another one of those areas where people tend to get into trouble cash flow wise is when they 
when they stop factoring. So that's just one of those things you kind of have to take into account. If you decide that you know it, it, it's time to to not factor, then you know you've got to have some money set aside. Um, you wean yourself off slowly. Um, there's a there's a couple things like that that you can do to make it so that it's not too as painful as it could be. Yeah. Because if you just try to go cold turkey and you don't have any savings, you're gonna you're gonna ruin your company. Okay. All right. Well, good. Uh, what else? Chris, do we need to know on this subject? Is there uh, anything else that we want to talk about as far as cash flow, uh, whether it's factoring or any other topic that you wanted to get into uh, with this one today? Well, there, there's two more things that I want to talk about where two more situations in kind of the ongoing operations of a mature company where they they can get into cash flow problems mm. as, as far as trucking goes. Um, one of them is um, when the economy takes a dump and rates go down. Okay, um, so that's and, and that one kind of is self-explanatory, right? Sure. You, you know, you may have been getting two thousand dollars for a load that you haul all the time, and now you're only getting paid fifteen hundred dollars for it. That's going to create a cash flow issue, and so that's where it's important to have, um, you know, a, a good amount of savings at all times to kind of help you through those times. And then also, that's one of the things that I see people not do is when a situation like that happens, they don't start cutting their costs soon enough. You know, at that point, it, when you see this coming and as soon as it starts coming, um, it, it's time to take the pencil out and really be okay. Look at all your costs and what can I do to save in these? Like this would be the time um, that you need to go from the NFL ultimate cable package to probably just the basics right the basic yeah now this uh, it's actually calling to mind uh, some of our very early episodes chris when you talked about um food on the road yeah uh you know you were peanut butter and jelly time exactly baby. yeah you you never did this but you're talking about uh, guys who would go out and they'd eat out every day you know twice a day they'd yeah. be eating at uh, you know fast food or whatever restaurants and I did do that for a week remember oh that's yeah. right and you felt awful right and it's i i felt awful because my um, wallet was a lot lighter. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I, I mean, okay, food is, eh, I mean, depending on who's driving, it might may or may not be a small thing, but I'm sure there are things in everybody's routine where you can, you know, take that blue pencil to it and find find something else, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, what else? You, you said there are a few so things that, that might happen. One. Another one is when fuel prices go way up and freight rates don't change. You know, right now, over the last six months, we've seen fuel prices kind of skyrocket. Yeah, I'll say. But rates have also gone way up. Right. So they've outpaced the the increase in the fuel. And so it's it's not causing major cash crunches for most trucking companies. But there are there have been times when fuel prices go way up and freight rates stay the same or even go down a little bit. And that can create a big problem because now you're spending more money on fuel and not bringing in as much. Right. If you were paying four bucks a gallon two years ago, you'd have been in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right. Well, very good. So, um, yeah, Chris, uh, any any final thoughts? Any last things we need to know about? Um, I'm just, have, have we missed anything, Nate? I, I can only think of one more thing is, you know, something that you can do if uh, if you run into a cash crunch. What, what else uh, What else have we done? You just got to have a reserve to have a reserve, really. I mean, there's going to be that day every single time. If you're going to be in the industry, any industry, you're going to have highs and lows. And if you don't have, if you don't have that reserve, I mean, Chris harps on it all the time on this podcast, but if you don't have that, it will catch you sooner or later. You'll have a breakdown. You'll have a downturn in the economy. One of those situations we just talked about fuel. It will happen. If you're not prepared, it's going to be real stressful. Hmm. 
So the last the last thing that I this is like the uh, hit the emergency button break like, break glass in case yeah, of emergency exactly yeah, yeah. Okay. B- broken arrow in the military like <laughs> right <laughs> has hit the fan um, one thing you can do is turn that net thirty payment terms around and you, if you have an account at like a dealership for parts you know stretch that payment out a little bit maybe make it a little bit late you know. Um, be careful on what payments you make late or later, but that can kind of help you get through one of these cash crunches. Right. Yeah. And this, this is a good subject to <laughs> where we should bring up the idea of goodwill and being a good business partner to whoever you're working with, whether it's a factoring company or the garage that you go to or what, what have you, where if you have been, if you've built up a lot of goodwill with the people you do business with, then when you know, these uh, things happen when the uh, <clears throat> hits the fan, as Chris <laughs> likes to say, uh, when these things happen, you can go to them and, and possibly say, hey, look, here's our situation. Can we extend 15 days? Yep. Uh, and there's if you've built a good relationship, it's very possible somebody would say, hey, I get it. Been there. Yeah, I'll help you out. Yep. I mean, it's no no guarantee, but it's possible. No, uh, you're, you're way more likely to get a sympathetic ear if you've been on time. And if you're not like trying to hide it from them, you're being up front and mm-hmm. say, hey. You know, I, I know I'd normally pay this at 30, but can you give me 45? This isn't politics, Chris. We're open, honest, and transparent. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, very good. So uh, final thoughts uh, from you or Nate on, uh, on cash flow. Anything else we need to know before we cut and run for today? I don't have any. I think that's it. All right. Covered a lot. That, that we did cover a lot. And frankly, this is a, a topic that I know people are going to have a lot of questions about. And so... As I said earlier in the episode, I'm very serious when I say go to Facebook, go to hollandassetsllc.com, go to the show notes on those pages or on Facebook. Uh, you can, or on YouTube. Hey, we're on YouTube. Like and subscribe, everybody. Hey. Uh, <laughs> you can go and submit uh, questions, comments, and we can address those. Whether we reply to the comment or we save it, put it in our back pocket and use it during one of these episodes. Um, uh, if you have any questions on this episode or others, please let us know. We would love to hear them. So, gentlemen, shall we cut and run for the day? Till next time. Nate, it was lovely to have you. Thanks for having me. Great. Is uh, I was joking with Chris earlier. We need to get a little sex appeal on this podcast, so we brought Nate in. Um, <laughs> even just uh, for those listening, I'm sure it was a pleasure to, to hear a, a better voice than ours, Chris. Um, yeah, absolutely. We'll have to do it again. I'm sure this won't be the last time we have. Uh, we, we bring a little bit of sex appeal to the uh, podcast. Hopefully, right. it's not over a bounce check next time. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Under better circumstances. <laughs> next disaster, Nate is coming back. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, don't forget to leave those reviews, and we will see you next time.